Hello, and thank you for listening to the Microbit Feed Podcast. Here, we will be discussing topics in microbial bioinformatics. We hope that we can give you some insights, tips, and tricks along the way. There is so much information we all know from working in the field, but nobody really writes it down. There's no manual, and it's assumed you'll pick it up. We hope to fill in a few of these gaps. My co-hosts are Dr. Nabil Ali Khan and Professor Andrew Page. Nabil is the head of informatics at the Quadrum Institute in Norwich, UK. And Andrew is the director of technical innovation for Theogen in Cambridge, UK. I am Dr. Lee Katz, and I'm a senior bioinformatician at Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta in the United States. Hey, welcome back. We're, we're talking with Titus Brown. We have a lot to talk about. We wanted to get a little bit more into sour mash. And Andrew, I think you had a question about it. Yeah, so sour mash is based on references, but there's a lot of very poor quality references out there. There's even some E. coli that are like 10 megs. So I was wondering, how do you get around that? You know, what is your strategy for avoiding all the, the crud out there in the real world? Yeah, really good question. So I have declared that that is not my problem. And and there's actually you, a lot you, of... You can't just say it's not your problem. <laughs> but I... But I but I have tenure. This, so, is, um, this is Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a very real, uh, the fir- my first very real answer is thank God for GTDB. So, you know, we, we do, we have been doing a lot of investigation recently into taxonomy, for example. And before that, large scale genome databases, one of the things that SourMash lets us do is search all of GenBank or all of GenBank microbial, which is now up to around 1.3 million um, bacterial genomes. And one of the things we wanted to do with SourMash was make use of all available reference sequences, because I think that that's really important for, for bioinformaticians. And one of my objections to most one of my uh, objections is maybe a strong word. One of the the problems I think is really endemic to to uh, microbiome bioinformatics is that most software packages do some sort of curated subselection of the available genomes to, and and that curated subselection. I'm going to be sort of mean here. That curated subselection is usually uh, decided by what their software can handle. And I thought, well, I'd rather have it be decided by what somebody wants to include, whoever that may be. So, so how, how do you? Yeah. Even with GTDB, like I've noticed in say the spreadsheets uh, that they provide that they run check M. Do you do mm-hmm. any like filtering at that point where to get rid of the stuff that's really obviously, you know, very poor quality or do you just take care? So, so GTDB has very transparent. So we just take the GTDB databases that they release. They have very transparent quality metrics. And, you know, I think they, they do a nice job. From what I can tell, they do an excellent and amazing job of sort of trying to mediate between we want as as broad a representation of bacterial and archaeal tree of life as possible, while we don't want to include too many bad sequences. And so there's some, you know, most of our knowledge of of about a dozen different phyla all comes from mags, metagenome assembled genomes, and some of those just aren't going to be very good quality, but it's important to have them in the database so that you can do a good job of, of, of uh, analyzing things, of, of analyzing things. So we just take the GTDB database as it is. We, we do have a side effort and it's been on the back burner for a couple of years um, where we are uh, finding problems in GenBank genomes and GTDB genomes specifically using a software called Charcoal 
which takes advantage of Sourmash to look for um, very contigs that are very similar between very widely distant taxonomic units. Um, and so, you know, yeah, there's some contamination and some messiness in there. I will say, and, and this is going to be a little bit of an advertisement, a little bit of a teaser, I will say that Sourmash itself seems to be relatively robust to that kind of contamination for reasons that I would be happy to get into in terms of taxonomic assignment. But basically, my design principles, our design principles for Sourmash are whatever databases people make available, we should be able to search. And if that database is bad, that's the problem. That's a problem for the people doing the searches. It's not our problem in Sourmash. Like we're trying to do the, what's what's that? There's that that tools, small tools manifesto. Each tool should do one thing and one thing well. Sourmash searches things well. And if you give it the wrong database, it's going to search the wrong database just fine. So I love that GTDB is around and is is doing a, a good job, a good systematic job of curating GenBank. I love that GenBank is around because then you can go find things that may be bad and then you get to go decide for yourself. I don't have to, I don't decide if it's too bad to report basically with, with, within Sourmash. So that's sort of my attitude towards, towards the crud. That makes sense. Grand. Okay. Because I take the complete opposite approach where it's like kill all the contamination as quick as possible. You know, if an E. coli has 3000 contacts, it's probably very, very poor quality and all that. Right. But uh, yeah, it's kind of cool that you, you just deal with it. Well, I, so go ahead, yeah, Lee. I, I feel like we're on a different level, uh, me, me and Andrew, because we're we're looking at the supplied stuff and I agree, like I, I'm taking Andrew's approach. I need to get rid of all the crud. Yeah. So like I'll have a SNP pipeline and I need to get rid of yeah. all the SNPs that might be noise, even if some of them are real, or I need to get rid of some of the camers. Right even if some of them are real, just because I need to make sure I have the, the highest fidelity phylogeny, but, but we're, we're on I a, guess, a different level. I feel like you're, you're on the, you're on the base level where you're describing, like you have a library of sour mash, like the sour mash library, and you want to make sure that it's just as versatile as possible. And it does that thing. Well, right. Right. I, there is a, so, so there is another philosophy to bring into this. I'm bringing in a lot of philosophical statements today, I guess. So I was trained by physicists. And um, there's sort of a physics style, I, I'm going to call it a physics style approach. I don't actually know if it's a physics style approach, but um, if you look at like what the CERN the or, or the various uh, particle, particle physics colliders do, um, you know, what, what they do is they, they generate masses of data and then they go through a multi-stage triage pipeline where they basically say, ah, okay. This is clearly noise. We're going to get rid of that. Okay. And this next, this is signal we already know how to understand. And we're not, we're not interested in stuff we already understand. And so you go through these multiple stages of filtering. And I think a principle to bring that, that I, my group has brought to Sour Mash is once you get rid of something, you can never get it back. So our job for that first search is you have the biggest, messiest, noisiest database ever. You have the biggest, messiest, noisiest data ever. We're going to give you all of that. And then if you want to filter after that, we'll make that easy as well. So with Sourmash, you're never locked into a particular database. You're never locked into the public database that we have downloaded. And you can only use that. You can always have your own curated versions of things. We've actually made it very easy to use our databases and then subselect just the things you want from them. There's always ways to pull out all of the matches, not just the refined ones we give you. And so, you know, basically like, 
we want to give you that flexibility and we don't want to make decisions for you. If you want to make decisions, we'll make about what to what to include in your matches. We'll help you with that. But we it's not our responsibility to tell you what's good or not. And part of the reason for that, I mean, I think we're also robust in the face of certain kinds of noise, but part of the reason for that is that that messy E. coli with the 3000 contigs might actually really matter and might be that 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 hot lead that that you dive into. You're like, this can't possibly be right, what's going on? And then you discover that, yeah, it's not right, but parts of it are interesting. And then you can, can take that and run with it. And if we had made the decision that that's a bad E. coli to begin with, then you wouldn't you would be denied that opportunity. I guess Lee and myself work more on a public health end, which is much nearer to making decisions. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. You need to have more of a confidence in what you are actually presenting to people <laughs> at the end of the day than I guess the 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 you know big bag of everything and all possible results are on the table. Whereas you know when we're working, it's much more sure. like. We're absolutely confident this is on a salmonella and right. it's in this outbreak. And this is kind of what it looks like. Right. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I, I think and I agree. And and we need this situation. We need the situation where someone like Titus or or, or someone is like developing that that base level tool that follows the Unix manifesto and it makes that tool like where would we be if I was the person who developed SAM tools? It would be shit. <laughs> like we need, <laughs> we need someone who like makes the tool and we can develop around it. I we need that. Well, so I I, I thank thanks Lee. I like that I like that perspective. So so I'm trying to figure out there. There's a tendentious topic that I I kind of want to move it that I would like to to bring up, which is that most of our tools for bacterial assignment in metagenomes are quite terrible. So okay. I, I sort of, and, and you can tell that you can see that with benchmarking, right? If, if you do benchmarking just at the species level, most tools are either terrible at sensitivity or terrible at specificity. Mm -hmm. And there's only like three or four tools that, that are in that golden spot of like specific enough that you can sort of trust the results and sensitive enough that you're not throwing away most of the data. Um, Saramash, obviously, since I'm saying it is one of them somewhat by um, somewhat surprisingly, because we didn't develop it for that, for taxonomy purposes in the beginning. Um, MOTUs is another, and then uh, I think Megan, and there's one more that I'm missing, um, another alignment-based one are, are, are pretty good. So I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't think I don't think any of the public, most of the public tools out there get get you where you wanted to go in the first place. So I'm puzzled by the, not puzzled, I'm, I'm sort of raising this question of, if we've been so worried about the end product being high quality, how did we end up in a situation where most of the tools out there aren't actually meeting your requirements in the first place? Because a lot of them are funded by three-year grants and the postdoc moves on and then the software just kind of disappears and then we reinvent the wheel by starting from scratch because we think it's an easy problem and so on and so forth. Perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean, we know, we know, we sort of know why, but I guess I would posit that maybe this is, I don't want this to be like the pull quote or the BuzzFeed headline, but like bioinformatics is terrible. Everybody knows bioinformatics is terrible. We're jury rigging together piles of software that aren't is 
weren't really designed to work with each other, use terrible interchange formats, have unknown specificity and sensitivity, ground truth is often unknown. And then we're we're like slapping a web interface on top of that and going, well, I guess we're done here. And it's 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 not it's not a good situation that we're in. Yeah, I would I would sorry, go ahead. So I would I would go ahead and say that that it's also like that like another XKCD where it's like dependency management hell and like there's that one person yeah. who's developing that one software since whenever ago. Yeah. yeah. And I would I would say that again, like like we need the people at the base level developing things like Sour Mash or Sam Tools. We need that and we need to build on a very solid foundation. And I think that we I'm going to use your 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 slang there. We've been jerry-rigging a bunch of stuff together, but it's not going to work unless we just keep going back to the foundation and, and keep making that good. Yeah. Um, but we but the reality is, yeah, we're in public health and we need health now. <laughs> we're gonna right. we're gonna keep yeah. addressing that. So we're gonna we're gonna jerry-rig things together um as best we can to to get to that the public health solutions yeah. that we can. Yep, yep. I mean, I think so. So, you know, I'm very, I'll say a couple of things. So I'm very proud of Sour Mash because I've, I put a lot of, a lot of time and effort and love into it as, as have a, a lot of people in my my group and, and elsewhere. And I would not be, there, there is a chance just like with KHMR that tomorrow I will wake up and be like, you know what, I'm going to go work on something else. And I, I wrote a blog post about this, I think for KHMR, like tw- uh, 10 or so years ago, where I said, what would what how how should i think about sunsetting software and for me there's another there's another way i think about this which is that like i don't actually care if people use sour mash particularly like it's great like it's foundational to my own research program i have multiple grad students in the lab doing cool biology stuff with sour mash and i'm helping support them but for me the important bit of sour mash is that this is this is going to be really pretentious sounding, and I and I I I mean it for all software, not just Sarmesh. I wanted to raise. I love the bar. when you preface things like that. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to raise the bar, right? Whatever replaces Sarmesh, I want to be no worse than Sarmesh. I don't want it to be a situation where things that we've learned in implementing Sarmesh are forgotten because we didn't write them down, we didn't publish them, we didn't talk about them. And so someone comes along and says, you know what, I'm a grad student on a three-year grant and I can do this better than Titus did. They probably can. And then they do they do it 80% better, but then they 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 mess up and, and it's it's 20% worse in a particular way. Like that would be a bad, that would be a bad way for science to go. So for me, the things that I'm actually proudest of in Sour Mash are the things we've learned. And, and that's where my publication efforts go. Like fragment hash, pretty cool. If you don't mind throwing away 99.9% of your data, it, it works for some things really well. Minset cov, I haven't really talked about that, but we have a really nice way of, of taking extremely redundant sets of matches to, to the microbial genomes and distilling them down to you know a shortest list of matches that covers all of the known matches. It's it's actually turns out it's a algorithm that they teach in first year grad grad studies and probably third year CS undergrad. And, and we sort of reinvented it by hook or by crook because it, it it solved a particular problem. And then I, you know, I presented it to computer scientists. They're like, yeah, that's great. That's been known for, you know, 50 years. Good work putting it into your software. 
and and it's but it works really well and so we've 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 learned that and then you know something else i've learned and this is this is another nice teaser and maybe a pull quote for you that, that can go into your buzzfeed style advertisements for the for the podcast like i know how to write a virtually perfect taxonomic classifier that will classify at the species level with 100% accuracy we've gotten pretty close with sour mash if i cared about solving that problem we could write something that's perfect because we understand the problem now. Um, I'm not convinced it's the right problem to solve. I think if you guys are in public health, my guess is you don't really care about species level um, that much. You care more about strain level. Uh, oh, we care about species. You. You're disagreeing yeah, with me heavily. Go ahead. Species can be quite hard depending on the species. Like if you get into mycobacterium tuberculosis, for example, that's a really hard problem because historically people have classified species based on what they've seen, sure. not what it actually is genomically. Sure. Sorry. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase my 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 quote. Given a taxonomy on a date on a reference database, taxonomy may be wrong. The reference database may be bad, but given a taxonomy and a reference database, we can write a perfect species level taxonomic classifier. I'd argue it'd be difficult, and 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 that's fine because I I think I like this this theme where we can discuss things at the jerry-rigged public health level versus the the yeah. ground level of computer science. Yeah. So how how confident are you? Would you stand up in a court of law, you know, and say absolutely? <laughs> I would hedge. I would hedge it a little bit. I would hedge it and say that um, I have run across. So we've done the analysis. I would hedge it and say there's, I think, about a dozen genomes, I can give you their names, where um, based on KMERS alone, they are indistinguishable at from each other. Mm -hmm. But as long as you can find me one KMER, or uh, sorry, any combination of KMERS that, that uniquely distinguishes every element of a species, every member of a species from every other genome out there, we can do that taxonomic assignment with extremely high accuracy you need to write that up uh, if, if you haven't already um, so because that's so it's yeah so cool so we we're we're close to it and i'll just i just want to shout out to leighton pritchard here i was i was gassing on about this in a in one of our collaboration meetings and he and i said look it's something about combinations of kmers this that the other thing and he said oh you should look up this this i think it's a cryptography term called unicity unicity is the the unicity measure of a cryptographic message is the shortest number of symbol the shortest set of symbols that allows you to uniquely decode a cryptographic message <laughs> and you can apply it to genomes it's the shortest the smallest number of kmers that uniquely distinguishes this genome from any others and it won't be a big surprise to you that the unicity distance for most genomes in gtdb is 1 there's almost always a one camera that distinguishes that genome from everything else. And there's, I forget the number, but uh, at the species, at, at the genus level, there's only a few genomes that can't be uniquely distinguished from each other by camers at, at the taxonomic level, sorry, at the genus level. And underneath, it turns out that what Saramash is doing is implicitly calculating this unicity distance, using this unicity distance to track down genomes. That is actually really cool. And it is really cool that there is so much out there that we can 
do and use to make stuff even better. So yeah, what I would love to see in the very near future is an amazing way of just calling a species a species with 100% accuracy, because that is really needed for public health. It sounds so easy, but a lot of uh, algorithms just work by taking the top hit out of a list and saying, you know, we, more or less, we think this, you know, this is tuberculosis or or it's not, or this is uh, Mycobacterium uh, bovis. But, you know, we're 99.99% we're sure, but we're not 100% sure. So maybe it's something to we can have in the near future. Definitely. This is um this is actually a paper we're going to publish on soon too, just like how much we care about species and that and that's under review too. Not to talk about our lab too much, but it's an incredible problem. And there there are I've I've come across species that our reference lab has told me that is different than the other species by one gene, or there are different lineages of listeria that okay we're all calling them listeria monocytogenes, but um, really, they act as though they're four different species, and we have to call them all the same species because they all they all um, have to be treated equally under the regulatory framework. Right, right. And so, and so, I, I would just love to see if that could be maneuvered with Kamer somehow. <laughs> there's, there's like so many ins and outs. That's that's why I think that's why I think that you probably do need to hedge your bets on that. Um, but but it'd be interesting to see how close you could get to it. Yep. And I, I hope you're taking notes here because this is our shopping list that we want, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll just say we, you know, there are some limits. And I think the the challenge that I've had in writing this up is, is finding a way to talk about the limits in such a way that it's like, I understand them intuitively. I even understand them in a, in a mathematical formalism, but conveying, communicating that to people so that they know the difference between what the computers can do and what biology is saying is, is what's the right way to put this an ongoing challenge. <laughs> biology is hard. Yeah. Biology is really hard. Who would have known? Um, all right. That's all we have uh, time for today, but uh, thank you so much Titus for uh, having a chat with us uh, again about all these uh, really interesting things and about all the future stuff you're going to do. And uh, we will be back next time. Thank you so much for listening to us at home. If you like this podcast, Please subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the platform of your choice. Follow us on Twitter at microbinfi. And if you don't like this podcast, please don't do anything. This podcast was recorded by the Microbial Bioinformatics Group. The opinions expressed here are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of CDC or the Quadrum Institute.